How's it going, everyone? EMT Life here. Hope everyone is doing great like always. Hope everyone had a safe and fun Halloween. I didn't go to any parties this year. I decided to stay home and hand out candy. I did buy the good candy, though. We had uh, Kit Kats, Reese's, Peanut Butter Cups, and Milky Ways. Some of all my favorite candy, so uh, I get to eat the leftovers, which I'm not complaining about. But we have another little another little rant today on this this one and it's it doesn't have a good outcome. I wasn't happy when I found out the news of this patient because I felt like and I still feel like if he had a uh, better level of care and more attention, the outcome probably would have been different. Uh, I can't be for sure, I don't know, but I feel like he would have had a better outcome. So strap yourself in for this one because it might be on a little uh, rougher side. Uh, like always, though, we're going to do a quick message from our sponsor and then we'll get right into it. So we get called out for delta level chest pain. And delta level is my department's second highest level a call can be coded out as. Our highest and most urgent call is echo level, which is usually reserved for cardiac arrests and really bad difficulty breathings. Anyway, we get toned out for this delta level chest pain. So I drive code two, which for us is lights and sirens. And I'll be honest, I drove a little faster than what I probably should have. Uh, the state law allows us to drive 10 miles an hour over the posted speed limit while driving with our lights and sirens on, but I probably doubled that. So like I said, to be honest, I probably broke the law. But anyway, I get us there in probably under seven minutes. So that's within uh, our county's accepted response time we're supposed to be able to respond anywhere within seven minutes and 30 seconds so we were within that cushion of time so as we're pulling up you can tell that this guy is in some serious pain right and when i was in emt school they always taught us that you you know scene safety right obviously scene safe so you know you get the big picture while you're pulling up uh, and so while we're pulling up, we noticed that uh, him and his wife are in the driveway and he is, he's just completely hunched over his truck bed, you know, just grabbing his chest. And like I said, you can see all this before we even got out of the ambulance. So throw the ambulance in park, uh, we get all our stuff out and get the stretcher out and we put him onto the stretcher immediately. As soon, as soon as we go over there, we don't even ask him for anything. We just get on. You know, and he's just, he's still clutching his chest, trying to fight off the pain. We put all our straps onto him on the stretcher and we get him in the back quickly. Like, you know, we're, we're not dicking around with this guy because, because I mean, he was, he's having in presenting with the classic symptoms of a heart attack. You know, the, the elephant sitting on the chest pain between the shoulder blades, he had left arm pain, shortness of breath. I mean, you name the heart attack symptom, this guy had it. And 
as my medic is getting the patient's medical history, uh, I per- put him on, on the monitor. Uh, so 12 lead first because 12 lead is always first if there's chest pain. Our protocol states that we have to have uh, a 12 lead within the first six minutes of us being on scene if the, the call comes out as chest pain. So we had it in, we had the 12 lead on in probably about three minutes within being on scene. So we were within our, you know, our protocol time. But, uh, you know, obviously next is the blood pressure and the SpO2, but all that is second to the 12 lead. So I captured the 12 lead, make sure it's good, uh, no artifact in it, print it out for my medic. And I hand the the printed paper over and the medic interprets it because I can't read a 12 lead. I've never been taught, you know. So um, he he interprets it, he reads it, and he notices that it's not normal sinus tach, normal sinus tachycardia, which is uh, supposed to be everybody's normal heart rhythm is sinus tachycardia. Well, this guy's wasn't. His 12 lead, and like I said before, I didn't read it because I can't. Uh, reading reading and interpreting a 12 lead is not part of an EMT scope of practice. So, you know, I know what a normal sinus looks like and I can base my own opinion off that. But uh, the medic says that he's having or he's showing depressions without elevation. And I can... I can see that, you know, when he explains it to me, I can see what he's talking about because it's not normal sinus. So when when they called 911, uh, our dispatch, their protocol says if they're having chest pain, they're, they give 325 milligrams of aspirin over the, over the phone. So this guy's already taken aspirin, and aspirin is not a blood thinner, okay? If you ask people if they're on blood thinners and they say aspirin, aspirin is not a blood thinner. I've always been taught that aspirin is a blood slickener. So it reacts with the platelets in a different way. It makes it so the clotting factor is kind of obstructed, okay? If that makes any sense. So the platelets are allowed to slip slip and slide basically past each other and you don't get the the bleeding factor if you get a cut with blood, uh, with aspirin versus if you're on blood thinners you bleed a lot aspirin you really don't bleed but anyway dispatch told him to take aspirin he took the aspirin uh and then we gave him nitroglycerin in the ambulance and what nitroglycerin is Nitro is a vasodilator, so basically the veins swell open so blood can pass through easier. And so nitro with the combination of aspirin, if you have a clot in your coronary arteries, it in theory is supposed to allow the blood to pass through the coronary artery or the clot in the coronary artery that's causing the heart attack. Um, and you know, with a, with a heart attack, time is muscle. So the more time that the heart attack is going on, the more muscle you're losing. So you want to get the aspirin and the nitro in as soon as possible. But you know, you, 
You have to be careful giving nitro. Like I said, it's, it's a vasodilator, so it drops your blood pressure because the veins dilate. So when they open, there's more room in the vein, obviously, for blood to go through. So it, it drops your blood pressure. So we have a protocol, you know, for that. The blood pressure has to be over X amount, whatever. Can't remember it. But uh, if you're just going to give nitro, you got to be cautious of that. But anyway, we give him, we give him the meds, uh, and then the paramedic starts an IV, and he tells me to drive code two to the hospital, lights and sirens to the hospital. So I hop up front, and I flip a bitch in that little two lane road. You know, just turn the ambulance as tight as you can, and flip it as fast as you can, so you can get that get the hell out of there. But um. Flip a bitch, and haul ass, lights the signs of the hospital. Uh, while I'm route to the hospital, a uh, paramedic calls and report, tells them that we're coming in emergent, and we'll be there in under 10 minutes. So we had another about seven-minute transport time to the hospital. And, you know, granted, it's I work at night, so there's literally no traffic at all. I still have to stop for stop signs and red lights, but... The roads are basically clear, so I can just haul ass. So we get to the hospital, unload the patient from the ambulance, get him inside the ED, and the admitting nurse is not sitting at her desk. So we're like, that's not good. Usually she's there. I don't know where she went. So we wait about five minutes before we're able to check him in. And once he got checked in, Nobody came to us to get the report to see what was going on. And that's not normal for the hospital. Usually the hospital's right on top of that shit, especially for something as serious as chest pain. So I go up to the meeting nurse and I'm like, hey, do you have a room for this guy? We just brought him in emergent with chest pain. And... She says, okay, let me ask the charge nurse. She gets on the radio because they have little radios in the hospital. Ask the charge nurse, hey, EMS is here with chest pain. Which room do you want him to go to? Charge nurse goes, uh, give me a minute. And we're just like, what? That doesn't make any sense. Like, we told you why he was coming. And, you know, you can look behind the nurse's station. There's about a group of four nurses just standing around, talking, laughing, like nothing, nothing's going on. Another five minutes goes by and still nothing. So my paramedic went over this time and he was like, hey, we need to get this guy into a room, like, like now. Still nothing. No, nobody, nobody's there helping, nothing. Uh, finally, it was, it was actually a nurse that we knew and we knew or at least I knew pretty well, she came over and she's the one who like actually cares about this patient and her patients every day that she works. And so she goes up to the doctor and says, hey, we need a 12, we need orders for a 12 lead on this guy because everything in the hospital has to be done through doctor's orders. So doctor puts it in and while he's still sitting on our stretcher, she 
uh, I guess, administers, if you want to call it, I don't know, or places the 12 lead, takes the 12 lead, she interprets it, and she brings it over to the doctor. And then the doctor comes over to us with the nurse and with a couple other nurses and says, we need to redo the 12 lead because it shouldn't say acute MI on it. So when you print out a 12 lead, not only does it give you the cardiac rhythm, but on the end of it, it tells you what they, what the machine thinks the rhythm is. And not you can't always be positive on what the machine is printing out telling you because obviously computers make errors, okay? It's just the nature of it. But, uh, you know, you have to be able to be confident in your abilities to read a 12 lead if you're a paramedic, if you're a nurse, and if you're a doctor. So... So the doctor said that, you know, can't, can't say acute MI. Uh, so this, this, this guy is literally having a heart attack in front of this doctor and the doctor doesn't want to believe it. And we're just like, what? I'm thinking in my mind, what are you doing? You're insane. I can't say that out loud because he's a doctor. Okay. You know, there's just, you don't want to you don't want to piss off doctors and you don't want to piss off, piss off nurses when you bring in a patient because then that just leads to a whole nother thing. Yeah, it's not good. But anyway, this guy's having a heart attack. And so after the they do a second 12 lead, it still says the same thing. And the doctor's like, all right, let's get him in our room. So we get him into a room after about 30 minutes of him sitting out on our stretcher having a heart attack so like i said unload him or transfer him over from the stretcher to the hospital bed i move the stretcher out so the nurses can do their thing the paramedics in there giving him his report i go clean off the stretcher i wheel wheel the stretcher outside put it back up in the ambulance my partner comes out he's on the phone talking to our supervisor saying you know Same thing, hey, this guy's just having a heart attack. He's on a stretcher. He's been on a stretcher for about 30 minutes. And, you know, just giving him the whole spiel of what happened. And so as my partner's on the phone over the the hospital PA system, we hear code blue ER, which means someone in the ER is having a cardiac arrest. So we look at each other and we're like, no fucking way did that just happen. There's there's no way. So we walk back inside pretty quickly. And sure enough, coming down the hallway, we hear the defibrillator shock. And it came from the guy's room who we just brought in. And so we get to the door in front of his room. And the entire code team is in there working the code. There, there's nurses doing chest compressions. Uh, the doctors ordering, uh, ordering uh, drugs to be drawn up. You know, the respiratory therapists are in there. They're gonna intubate him. You know, it, it was, just, it was just, it's a code, so it's a complete shit show. Anywhere, even in a hospital, no matter, no matter where you're at or, you know, who's working the code, a, a code's always a shit show, and it's just, it is what it is. But uh, they, while we were there. They got ROSC, which is return of spontaneous circulation. So they got a pulse back on the guy. So my partner and I left. 
And about another hour goes by, we got another call. We bring that patient back to the same hospital and we noticed kind of the charge nurse and you know, the nurses who didn't help us out in the beginning, they were kind of avoiding us. And so I asked the nurse who basically took charge and did everything on her own to get the ball rolling so we could get the guy in the room. I asked the nurse, I was like, hey, you know, what's going on? And she said that the guy, after we left, he coded three more times. And then after the third time, uh, they called it. So, so the guy died. And, you know, I, when I heard that, I, had, I don't think I'd ever been so pissed during a shift before because there, there's a big part of me that feels like if, if he may have been seen right away, he could have been put straight to the cath lab, had surgery done, and it could have saved his life. So obviously that's the perfect outcome that you would hope for. Um, would it have happened even if he went to cath lab? Would he have survived? I I don't know. Uh, would would have been, you know, would the outcome have been different if he was seen sooner? Again, I don't know. There's just there's just things we'll never know. Uh, but you know, I've I've talked about the whole complacency issue before, and I'll say it again. You know, complacency kills people. And when when you blow off, especially something like a chest pain, you just blow it off like, oh, he'll be fine. And and then he dies. You know, whose whose fault is that? You know, could could I have done something completely different? Absolutely, I think I could have. I could have pressed the hospital even more, you know. Could have asked them, you know, a few more times to get us a room or, you know, even, even told told them to give me a room. But uh, there there is a lot of calls for chest pain that do turn out to be nothing. But the moment you get complacent, is when people die and it could have possibly been preventable like like this situation could could this situation have been preventable honestly i don't know i did, there's a part of me that really really hopes and wishes it was different and it was preventable but i can't say for certain that even if he was seen by the uh, cardiology team in the cath lab, he would have been saved because he very well just could have coded on the table and died in the cath lab. You know, so there's just a lot of things that we will never know, and I wish I did know. But it just it really irritates and frustrates me that we had him on our stretcher for 30 minutes in a hospital before a doctor even saw him. And, you know, you call 911 to get the help immediately to get you to the hospital quickly so you can be seen by a doctor quickly, especially in serious conditions. And this is a serious condition, but it was blown off. 
And, you know, I get, I get that nurses are busy with, with other patients and other priorities, you know, same with doctors. They have, they have immense amount of charting that they need to do. I get it. It's busy, but you know, we give you a 10 minutes head, 10 minute heads up that we're coming in lights and sirens with chest pain the hospital has to trust the paramedic's judgment on how he reads his 12 lead and how serious he thinks it is. You know, but, you know, whether we tell you if we're coming emergent or not, everything needs to be taken seriously until proven otherwise. And, you know, it's... That's one of my big things is don't get complacent. And I know I've said it in podcasts earlier. I've said it in this one already, but, you know, and again, not trying to be dramatic, but complacency will kill people. Complacency will get yourself hurt. Complacency will get others hurt. And it's, it's a real thing. And you, you have to treat every 911 call or call for service that you go on as a true emergency until proven otherwise. You know, so, but unfortunately, that's, that's all I got for this one. It's just, I'm still frustrated about it. I was talking to our supervisor the other day, and, you know, of course, they, they tell you, well, there's not much more you could have done, you know, trying to lighten the mood, trying to get your mind off it, but... I feel like there there was something that could have been done. I feel like I could have pressed the hospital a little harder to get him into a room to see a doctor. Um, that's, you know, it's unfortunate. Everybody makes mistakes. Uh, we should not have made a mistake on this one, and we did. And unfortunately, our patient paid for it. You know, I... I would rather pay for my mistakes than have somebody else pay for it, but uh, it is, it's life, it happens. You know, death is inevitable, everybody's gonna have their day, but could we have postponed this guy? Could he have made it uh, to Halloween? You know, could he have made it to Thanksgiving? Could he have made it to Christmas if we would have acted in a different manner? But, you know, that's it for this one. As always, don't, don't forget to check me out on, on Instagram at EMT, life pod, EMT underscore life underscore podcasts. Let me know what you think about this topic. Tell me, you know, did, did I do something wrong? Did I do something right? Could I have done something different? Just let, let me know because I do like the feedback and I like interacting with y'all. It, uh, it, it's real it's real interesting on what people think, you know, and tell me some of your own experiences. Uh have you ever had a situation like this and how did you handle it, you know? But as always, you can uh, listen to this podcast on anchor.fm slash EMT dash life or you can go on the anchor app uh on your phone. Uh <clears throat> you can listen to this on Spotify and, and so many more podcast platforms. But uh everyone, uh have a great weekend, have a great week. Well, we'll catch you on the next one, and God bless.